Hello, Marvelites. Welcome to episode number 73 of This Week in Marvel, the official Marvel podcast of news, new releases, information, and bananas. I just ate a banana. It was delicious. Apparently, uh, the room is divided in terms of taste, smells, and enjoyment of bananas. the taste of bananas. I enjoy eating them. The smell is just a smell that lingers. I don't care for it. It's like a potpourri. Of delight. Yeah. I'm Ryan Panagos, a.k.a. Agent M, Executive Editorial Director for Marvel's Digital Media Group, joined by... Ben Morse, the editor of Marvel.com, and we have with us this week... That's you. I that's thought you, you were going to give you my title, but okay. That's no, just we both just introduced our, ourselves. Well, Come I on, Carrie. You. Carrie Fiala, Social Media Coordinator. For now. Hello. For, this is, for now. You know what? This decision was just not the best one no. we've made. Yeah, but you... What? No, that you have no other choice. Yeah, all yeah. the interns ran away. Yeah, all the interns are on spring break. Uh, we hate them. Apparently, it's they're doing nothing. Spring break is like that movie with, uh, with the Disney stars. Yeah, the the, 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 the ladies and wrong. that guy James Franco. Yep. Uh, so I guess they're having fun. Uh, from from the tweets I've received, they're not doing anything. Yeah. They're all just sitting at home doing nothing. Come on! Yeah, they're on trips, but they're just like doing nothing on those trips. Yeah, what's they're the like, point? They're like just hanging at home, writing papers and stuff. They're Fools. Not, I don't yeah. think they're at home, but they are. All right, fine. They're all at home. And... Yeah. Anyway, if you're just joining us on this week in Marvel, we don't usually have this much pointless rambling in the beginning. Mm, I don't know about that. Yeah. We're going to go through all the new comics out this week, including print and digital, collections and single issues. We'll talk about video game stuff, movies and TV. We'll go to news and then to your questions and comments. If you're listening, (laughs) come on, Carrie. I'm so sorry. If you're listening and you want to post a question or comment for us to address in a future episode, just tweet it using the hashtag ThisWeekInMarvel. We're going to jump right into comics. Ben, go. All right, let's kick things off with all-new X-Men number 9, written by Brian Michael Bendis and returning artist Stuart Eminen. He took a few issues off while David Marquez filled in. This was a fun issue. That fun's kind of been the watchword for this book with the teen characters, kind of their fresh perspective. There's heavy stuff. There's pathos, especially with Jean Grey, who's discovering her powers. But I enjoyed this issue. They battle sentinels in times square the original x-men sentinels like they've never seen before and not all is as it seems but the gist is figuring out how their powers work figuring out how they work together the art is gorgeous i don't even understand what happened not just imminence pencils but wade von grabadger's inks and i really like the uh colors by marte gracia along with rain barreto it's just really like the the hues and the shading they do a nice job making kind of the Sentinels and the buildings really, you know, dark, so that when the uh, X-Men use their powers, it really jumps out. So it's a beautiful, beautiful book. What I'm really enjoying about this book is Kitty Pride's new role, where she has stepped up as the Professor X, basically, of the all-new X-Men. So Kitty, who we always think of as the young teenage member of the team, you know, she was headmistress of the... Jean Grey Academy, but now she has gone to being the uh, supervisor for these guys. Her dynamic with the kids is great. The way she talks to Jean is great. Her interactions with Iceman are great. whole lot of fun, and them continuing to kind of sync up in the school. Got a side plot going where Mystique and Sabretooth are adding to their brotherhood of evil mutants. They recruit another former X-Men. You know what's interesting that, of course, I went right to? Is that all the members of the Brotherhood now are the Mike Carey X-Men from back in the day. Huh. 
Remember when he did his yeah. original arc and he was like, oh, I'm going to have all these bad guys on the team? Yeah. So all three of the New Brotherhood members are all from his team. I don't know if that's by design or not. Interesting. Um, more great art, some stuff with Beast, stuff with Angel, and then a fantastic end that parallels the end of Uncanny X-Men last week. This book's really cooking. It's a lot of fun, and it looks beautiful. Yeah. Over to Avengers number eight, written by Jonathan Hickman, with art by Dustin Weaver and Justin Ponsor. It is... This is just... Like, Dustin Weaver was great on S.H.I.E.L.D., but... Wipe the slate clean, start over, build him again. He could be stronger, better, more incredible. It's insane. This book is gorgeous. You get the Avengers versus Starbrand. And if you've read New Universal or any of the 80s New Universe books, you know that Starbrand is a thing. And they get into a little bit of that between last you issue know that and this Star issue. Starbrand is a thing? It's a thing. And uh, you get into this whole battle. Great fight stuff. Between this one, basically this one college-age kid Mm -hmm. who now has the power to destroy planets and protect planets, essentially, uh, who can take on the Avengers. Great fight. Then Nightmask and Starbrand, peace out, and you'll see where they go when you read the issue. Whole bunch of cool little bits going on here. I love where the series is going because it's crazy. It's really awesome and weird and fun and gorgeous and i tried to not curse like 30 times during that i'm not gonna give a full context but there was a situation yesterday where ryan and i were talking about something and his response to something was just to say the new universe is back (laughs) and that was it and better than ever in, (laughs) in a few months maybe we can tell you the context and maybe we can never ever tell it to you true carrie All right, up next we have Cable and X-Force number six, written by Dennis Hopeless, art by Salvador La Roca. Uh, We start out this issue with Cable is in prison. Not Cable, sorry. Colossus is in prison. Two strikes. No, just go, go, go. Okay, okay, okay. Colossus is in prison, and he's really dealing with the guilt of being part of the Phoenix Five. Um, Colossus, you know, as we've known from his character throughout the years, he's someone who doesn't really like violence and doesn't want to resort to violence. And with all the insane violence that kind of has happened in Cable and X-Force so far, he's he's really dealing with this in a very personal level. Uh, Wolverine comes to visit him in prison. Wolverine and him are kind of at odds over what's right, what's wrong, their morals. Uh, Meanwhile, we have... You don't have to summarize it all. Just like, what what did you like about it? What was cool? I'm not going page by page. All right, fine. What I thought was cool was... I loved that Kitty Pride visited him because Kitty Pride and Colossus are one of my favorite Marvel couples of all time. Would you say they're soulmates? Yes. Are you are you broken up that they're broken up? I don't want to talk about that actually. I love Colossus and Kitty Pride, and I just put too much of my own of oh, I love them so much. Anyway, moving on. I love that there was a scene with her, and also I just love that character. So whenever Kitty Pride shows up anytime, I'm happy. Um, I also I still love how kind of grim Cable is. He's this very great, strong, silent... As opposed to the traditional Cable who's so happy-go-lucky and fancy-free and always... He always pulls out his streamers to make sure everybody's having a party time. That'd be a great book. I would love Party Cable. Party time Cable. Boom, 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 boom. Instead and of the guns, he just has, like, boom boxes oh to carry around. But this is the amazing! Same, the same this. size. <sighs> oh, anyway. He has his a eye is a strobe light. <laughs> this writes itself. Yeah, I know. Really right, is I'm going to end this, then. Yeah, that's good. good. It, it was, right. Cable and x was amazing. Very 
you know, there's a huge... Do you want to tell us who wrote it and drew it? I did already. When? In the very beginning. Did you? Yes, I did. Are you sure? Rewind and you'll hear it. I can't rewind. We're recording the podcast. All right. Hope everyone enjoyed that train wreck. <laughs> we are going to veer over to oh. Captain America, number five, written by Rick Remender. Art by, i got to say the full team here because they are phenomenal, John Amita Jr., Tom Palmer, and Dean White. This has been kind of the culmination of the stories that have come before where we've been setting up Dimension Z and meeting all the players and setting the landscape. This is the big fight, fight, fight issue, and nobody draws big fights better than this art team. They are really just killing it. Captain America and his adopted son, Ian, who is actually Arnim Zola's son, and thus the brother of Jet Black, who is the grown-up daughter of Arnim Zola, they wait in. They're about to escape Dimension Z when suddenly Arnim Zola and his daughter start sieging the Frocks, who are these crazy mutates who have befriended them. So Cap and Ian jump back into the fight. They just tear at everyone. It's They're, a heartbreaker yeah. because you have all these like friendly yep. mutate people who've just been getting decimated. Their family, essentially. Yeah. It's brutal. And they're getting destroyed by these crazy Captain America wannabe monsters that Zola has created. Zola is just the ultimate jerk. He felt kind of bad for his daughter who's been manipulated. But then there's all this drama with the fact that Ian is actually Zola's son, but Cap has come to see him as a son. Jet Black and Captain America go at it. It's a great fight. And this book has been all about kind of endings and last pages and splash pages that are just emotional and shocking and I can't believe this is happening and this is another one where the last page is just oh wow so emotionally packed family stuff Ian is a very cool character he's this kid who's been forced to grow up way too fast and at the end of the issue uh, I don't want to be whoever Captain America is going after seriously Oh, real. Over to Captain Marvel, number 11, written by Kelly Sue DeConnick and Christopher Zabela, art by Philip Andrade. And uh, this is a, a cool one because you've got this um, Deathbird character who, you know, she's been, she's a Shi'ar character. She's been in the X-Men and then she's been a Captain Marvel or Ms. Marvel villain from back in the day. But you, you know something's off because of the, the way Deathbird has been in recent years. So there's this mystery going on there there's a mystery of who her benefactor who her partner is and while that's going on carol is dealing with health issues uh which could go in one direction but i like that they took it in another direction where she says screw it i'm gonna find my own way to do this she gets some help from her friends great cameo by dakota north who oh, yeah i haven't seen her in a few years yeah i, I can't remember the last time we saw her Damn, was, i think Probably. Yeah. Uh, so it was cool to get Dakota North in this, helping out Carol. Carol using her vast powers in different ways uh, and showing really how strong and how capable she is, with even without flight. Really cool stuff. And next issue, we're going to get a big throwdown. I'm very excited for that. Daredevil number 24, written by Mark Wade, art by Chris Samney, with colors by Javier Rodriguez. This is a nice kind of taking stock issue where... We check in on a bunch of different subplots that have been percolating. We get another hint to the big villain who has been behind thus far the first two years of Daredevil, which I will note, I still don't know who this is, and I really am hoping I do not find out because I've remained unspoiled for two years, and I'm. this is one of those Marvel mysteries that I'm just like, I can't wait to find out about this. You're talking about the man in the box. Yeah, yeah. Bow, bow. 
Yes, I want to know who. Well, man or I don't know. Could be Ooh, a woman. Yeah, could true. Be a woman. You can't see the gender here, but there's someone who has been behind literally everything to go down with Daredevil since Mark Wade started his run. We get a glimpse at that. We of course have Matt Murdock dealing with the fallout of learning that his best friend Foggy Nelson has cancer. A lot of interesting stuff there. Him and Hank Pym are working to treat it. They're also working with doctors. You can learn a lot from this issue. And Matt finds a way to still fight crime, even as he's by Foggy's bedside. He also deals, finally, with his open-end relationship with Kirsten McDuffie in a really fun scene. So you flip from these kind of like heavy scenes with Foggy to this fun scene with Kirsten, then back to the relationship with Daredevil and Hank Pym, which is a really neat dynamic, and then you kind of end the issue with some more clues on who this big bad is. So what I like about this issue, besides the great art, besides the great writing, is just that it really is, you're able to have like three or four different little mini issues within the course of one issue. You have this emotional struggle that Matt's going through with his friend. It's a very real life thing. You have this almost kind of fun, hesitate to say like rom-com issue of him and Pierce McDuffie. And then you have the ongoing uh, villain stuff. And it all comes together in just one of the best comics out there. There's also a scene in, in there where Hank Pym shrinks a bunch of dogs. Oh, yeah. And it was adorable. And then I was thinking, wow, if I had the technology to shrink animals, it would be amazing. Like, if I had to move, I wouldn't have to worry about taking my four cats. Right. And b- it being a nightmare, I could shrink them to a little, you know, manageable size, put them in a place that was nice and safe for them, and transport them very easily. But would you would you shrink your furniture and stuff, too? Sure, I shrink everything. convenient. No, I mean, but I'm, yeah. I was thinking more living things. And, I know, and, but I'm thinking more practical. Yeah, that's good. As we We're like ebony and ivory in that way. Yeah, living together in perfect harmony. It's your book. Oh, is it? <laughs> yeah. This is my book. Dark Avengers number 188 by Jeff Parker with art by Neil Edwards. The Dark Avengers are still stranded in a, another dimension where the heroes have gone to war. We have fights between the weirdest combinations of people here. Spider-Man's a creep and Daredevil's gone crazy and Doctor Strange is a jerk and U.S. agents trying to pull everything together the thing is crazy iron man's crazy mr fantastic's crazy everything is upside down and it's this big opus that jeff parker has been building over the course of several years that is winding down pretty soon so if you've been enjoying it thus far stay in there for the payoff over to deadpool number six written by jerry dugan brian Posehn, art by tony moore and colors by val staples i think this is my favorite issue of deadpool so yeah, far too. in this run uh, it's basically Deadpool versus the final. That's his la, the last bunch of bosses. Final and boss. The final boss, yeah. George Washington, the evil presidents. He he has to take them all down. And last issue, he suffered the loss of Agent Preston, who is a Shield agent liaison and starting to be someone he kind of considered a friend, mm-hmm. which is tough for Wade. You know, he's he's <laughs> he hides everything behind sarcasm and humor and and all kinds of things, but he he was. He got a good dynamic going. She got killed. In this issue, you've got them, you've got Deadpool and S.H.I.E.L.D. taking on uh, naked Taft, uh, which is wonderful. It is bathtub. It is bathtub with uh, just the head of Abraham Lincoln on a duck. So, you know, things are going well. Lincoln Duck doesn't do much. I gotta say, I'm a little disappointed. At this point, he doesn't need to do much. It was just a a good visual visual. gag. We get a great cameo by Scott Adsit from 30 Rock. (laughs) 
It's <laughs> really good. Uh, really great fight stuff uh, and big changes to to Deadpool and his little bit of status quo in the Marvel universe. Um, be, well, I wouldn't say status quo, but his personal status quo. Cool stuff. Over to Indestructible Hulk number five, written by Mark Wade with pencils by Lanille Francis Yu, inks by Jerry Alguilan, colors by Sonny Go. And I was surprised that there was this much awesome comic book stuff packed into one issue because I read it and I was like, right. holy crap. I did not think this would be the last part of the story for sure. Right? I kept reading I was like, alright. I was like, okay, they're going to... But yeah. they jam-pack so much into this issue. It's Hulk versus Atuma and the Lemurians who are like the cousins-ish of yeah. the Atlanteans. They're like the... Yeah, for the ones you don't invite over for holidays and stuff. Which is weird because they seem pretty chill. They're, they're yeah. decent enough. They're I like, they're, hey, we like magic. Yeah. You know, like, cool. You know, there's well, good Lemurians, bad Lemurians. Yeah. The Atlanteans are kind of jerks, too, though. So well, yeah, the Atlanteans say, are super jerks. So who's to say their jerky cousins aren't, in fact, the nice ones and right. they're the jerks? Totally. Makes a lot of sense. Yes. But you got a big Hulk smackdown stuff, some fun Banner moments, and uh, a tease for what's coming up with the Hulk and Banner. All right, over in New Avengers number four, written by Jonathan Hickman, art by Steve Epstein. The Illuminati are catching their breath after the first three issues where they... Stopped an incursion, captured Black Swan, mind wiped Captain America. They stop to chill for a sec, and all of them kind of go off on their own devices and thinking, all right, because they're always thinking, how can we prevent this horrible apocalyptic mission that we've been given? Uh, so they all come up with their own solutions. Tony's building something. Black Panther and Reed Richards are working on something. Doctor Strange is hitting the black magic books. But they all get called back together to deal with another incursion. They end up in another dimension, a very cool dimension, with an awesome challenge that they're going to face next issue. The art in this book is smooth as silk. And a really great part of it, in addition to the action, is just getting to see these guys debate each other with Jonathan Hickman's super smart dialogue. And these guys all having very valid points that are not in agreement with each other. And just getting to hear them kind of... You know, butt heads and try to pick a side yourself. So, very smart book. Yes. Over to Nova, number two, written by Jeff Loeb, with art by Ed McGinnis and colors by Marte Gracia, inks by Dexter Vines. Another freaking gorgeous issue. Like, can they give an Academy Award for art? Because it should win all of them. I mean, they do, but for movies. Mm-hmm. No, art. Art art direction. Yeah. No, I'm talking about art for a comic For a comic? Those other awards. Yeah. Like no, I don't care. I'd be like a comic award. Nope. Yeah. No, I want the Academy to recognize this. Yeah. That's me writing to them. Uh, this, you get Sam Alexander finally becoming Nova. We've seen him in, in other comics that we've already read, but in chronology, this is the first time he puts on the Nova uh, suit, the helmet, and things come, start to come together a little bit. Get a great emotional message from uh, Sam's dad. A little bit of a hint of other stuff and why things were left the way they were, but the, you know we're still going to get more of that backstory in the coming issues. And a great cameo by... Uh, by the ca- one character, a Marvel cosmic-y sort of character, and a great look for him. He's a Loeb McGinnis favorite. Yeah. He always shows up when they do a book together. To- well, he shows up when things are going down that are yep. important. Yep. All right, Savage Wolverine number three, written by Frank Cho, drawn by Frank Cho, colors by Jason Keith. This is going to sound silly because it's only the third issue, but this was my favorite issue of Savage Wolverine <laughs> by far. The other two issues are fine, but this is where Frank Cho really started to 
accentuate what he's really good at, which is action and humor. Uh, on the one hand, you've got Amadeus Cho in the Savage Land trying to learn the origins of this mysterious kind of sub-island they found themselves trapped on. And it's just very funny because Amadeus Cho is trying to trick these primitive people into thinking he's a god and along the way does some really humorous stuff. But just gorgeous Frank Cho art about the Celestials and other things as we get to see the origin of what's going on here. Then flip it over and you've got Wolverine and Shanna the She-Devil battling dinosaurs, cavemen, apes, you name it. And it's just, it's bloody and it's violent, but it's great. This double page spread is just like frameless. It's just Frank show at his finest and the colors are great. And there's, there's humor here too. I love Shanna and Wolverine's relationship where he's just like trying to be Wolverine. He's trying to be stoic, you know, badass, tough guy. And Shanna's just like, she's fidgety. She doesn't want to just sit there while he's like, you know, sniffing around trying to figure things out. She wants to like go get things done so she can get the hell off this island. And a lot of times it doesn't work out. And then Wolverine gets frustrated with her and they end up fighting side by side. They have a great uh, dynamic. There's like the easy story that they could have gone with with... You know, Shanna and Wolverine hooking up or whatever. You know, like, his animal magnetism becomes so much. And it's like, no, she doesn't want any part of that. He's gross and weird. And she is just an awesome ass kicker. And she's she's in her element. She wants to get things done. It's great. And and to flip that, Wolverine's not like, oh, here's this hot girl I'm going to go after. He wants no part of her either. Moonlighting, but without the kiss coming. Yeah, he's just like, he's like, all right, this is, he says, he's like, she's a fierce warrior, blah, blah. He never says like, oh, I really want to, you know, do something Wolverine-y creepy. But yeah, so there's no sexual tension at all. It's just two people trying to work together and not doing a very good job of it. Yeah. So... This book is a lot of fun. And, and all the Amadeus Cho. So much Amadeus Cho. Great art. Great last page. Really good book. Yeah, I'm really enjoying that. Over to Superior Spider-Man number six. This becomes the theme for the week. This is my favorite issue yeah. of the series it's so true. far. It really is. Uh, written by Dan Slott. Art by Umberto Ramos. Inks by Victor Olazaba. Colors by Edgar Delgado. Uh, you've got these pranksters, Screwball and Jester, who seemingly just do pranks on people and record them and stream them and, and, you know, blah, 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 becoming internet famous. They're actually crooks. They're uh, making some money off these people by stealing. And that is, that's sort of over there. Um, Peter, the consciousness is still sort of in the bowels of Doc Ock's head. Yep. Dealing with all these memories. Think about Uh, what that means. Yeah, just let it happen. Superior Spider-Man is... uh, Getting to getting his hands dirty with um, some stuff he needs to get. There's all, there's all kinds of plots going on here, and I'm trying to figure out where I want to talk about. Really, this just sets a good tone for who Doc Ock in Peter Parker's body really is. What you know, great power without that full sense of great responsibility is, uh, and and really how it goes off the rails in this issue, and it's. It's terrific and brutal. Oh, yeah. Really, really good. It's rough. Yeah, it's it's intense. Next, we have Ultimate Comics Spider-Man, number 21, written by Brian Michael Bendis, art by Sarah Pichelli. Uh, I absolutely love the Ultimate Comics Spider-Man universe. I think it's so much fun. It's so well-written. And what really made me excited when I was reading this one was seeing MJ and Gwen Stacy and their interactions with each other as you know, two friends dealing with 
you know, this crazy past and history that they've had with Peter uh, and with Spider-Man and how they feel compelled to help Miles because he's, you know, the new Spider-Man, he's younger, he's still kind of green with all of this great responsibility. And I just felt that they were really great female characters, really strong, dynamic, and engaging. There's this great moment when um, MJ sees, you know, what's going on on the news with Venom and Spider-Man, and she just goes, that kid has no idea what he's doing. And she and Gwen have to go find him in Brooklyn and kind of sit him down and give him the backstory so he knows what he's up against. Uh, what I also loved is Peter Pan, I think. Peter Pan. Peter Pan. Peter Pan, whoa. Is he in this podcast? Hey, no. Peter Pan. Sorry. Come on, come on. <laughs> Sorry. Alright. Uh, Spider-Man, the whole... The basic story of Spider-Man, though, it's when you have these colossal monsters, these huge fight scenes happening in Manhattan, they're ultimately stories about family, about something very personal, like the with great power comes great responsibility. So there's uh, this really great tension and sadness with Miles' father, with what's happening with his father right now, with his mother, and kind of his family breaking down, at least in this moment, it seems like that, with... Venom basically being the main villain. So I just thought it was a really personal, great story, a lot of fun, great interaction with Gwen and uh, MJ, beautiful art. You have to read it. It's so much fun. Is this our first appearance of Ultimate Maria Hill? No. No. She's been around for a bit. uh, She's fun, too. Yeah, she's been around in this volume for a bit as a detective working on his uncle's case. I've said before on the podcast, but I really like how Carrie says, written, Manhattan, it's like having. Oh, well, she's from the street. It's like having Rosie Perez co-hosting. That's what happens. Yeah. When you're from Queens, I guess. What? <laughs> Represent. Over to X Factor number two fifty three, written by Peter David, art by Leonard Kirk, Jay Lyston, and Matt Miller. Uh, one note: I saw briefly Peter David walk through the office the other week. You know, yep, he, he he's back on his feet. He's back on his feet. He's doing well. He's recovering really, really well. So he's back to writing X Factor too. Yeah, he's we're doing scripts again. Very excited for uh, for that, and glad to hear he's doing well. Uh, so, Hell on Earth War. There are all these factions of Hell. They're having a war on Earth. X Factor is caught in the middle. Uh, superheroes are everywhere trying to fight this, but really the the main um, battle will be fought with X Factor and Wolfsbane's son here and here she fight he fights satana uh which satana is sort of like coming on to him a little bit like uh, not overtly but like it's a little she's it's super creepy is what it is because he's like 12 ish satana man she's you know i know look at that outfit the devil's daughter that's a little risque girl what's up uh but you got all kinds of crazy stuff madrox is still a demon strong guy is Doing all kinds of strong guy stuff just for strong guy. We don't know what his angle is yet. Lots of cool stuff. I I don't know where this story is going. It's very exciting. All right, last up this week, we've got Extermination One Shot, which is starting the crossover between Astonishing X Men, Age of Apocalypse, and Extreme X Men. It's written by David Lapham with help from Marjorie Liu and Greg Pak. Art by one of our favorites, David Lopez. Really great to see his art here. Oh, yeah. Really. Brought the issue up about three notches for me. Although I like the writing a lot too. I've yeah, I've really enjoyed David Lapham's run on Age of Apocalypse. I think 
I've said before, it goes under the radar sometimes because it's so far removed from the Marvel Universe. But he's really got a good, you know, he's, he's a pro. He knows how to handle story, how to handle plot, how to handle characters. So we start out with something big going on millions of years ago in terms of dimensions. And that gets kind of left on the first page. The thrust is that Nightcrawler from Age of Apocalypse, who came over to our universe in Uncanny X-Force, is trying to get back to his universe. There's a lot of heavy emotion from him, as we saw last month in Astonishing X-Men. He's really been through the ringer. He lost his wife. He lost all his friends. He came to our universe trying to seek revenge. He got it at a horrible cost. He feels terrible. He just wants to go home. You've got Wolverine and his team of Astonishing X-Men on his trail. Wolverine, of course, is still a little annoyed because he betrayed him and in the process forced him to kill Dokken. So they go after Nightcrawler as well as Dark Beast. They chase him to San Francisco. They fight. Some cool fight stuff there. Nightcrawler from Age of Apocalypse is kind of a badass, and he's got some neat tricks. But long and short of it is, they end up in the Age of Apocalypse. And once they end up in the Age of Apocalypse, things start to go haywire. We find out what the status quo is there, or rather Nightcrawler does. We already knew. He finds out what's going on there. And then the Extreme X-Men show up. And I love that the last, like, five to six pages of this story is just all of them yelling in really big type font which i found funny but great they're all just screaming over each other like saying like no we need to do this we need to do this there's three x-men from different dimensions dazzler gets pissed off at wolverine for not noticing she's been gone for months uh they all think they're doing the right thing and then these new bad guys come in and hell has begun uh it's just a fun issue uh, just a cool, like, little, you know, we, we, it's a crossover between three titles. It's pretty contained, but it's neat to see these characters interacting. These guys obviously have a great story plan. And again, David Lopez's art, can't say enough about how much it elevates it. Love the way he draws Wolverine and makes the blue part of his mask a little smaller than everyone else does. Gives it a completely different look, and for some reason, I just think it's just the coolest thing. He's, he's pretty nifty. He's pretty nifty. That's it. All right. What do we got? Oh, man. It's tough. It's a tough week. Savage Wolverine, Superior Spider-Man, Extermination. Mm-hmm. All those. Captain America, Avengers, New Avengers. I, everything you're saying, everything you're saying, I'm with you. All every, new X-Men. Uh, everything. Um, Deadpool. Yeah. I'm going to say... I'm going to go with Savage Wolverine. I just think that book looked so good and read really well. I think it really... That was Frank Cho hitting his stride that, yeah, Savage Wolverine's my book this week. I don't know. I am so undecided. I can't help it. Wow, I, I really like cowardly. It, it is. I will. I will say this. This has one of, been one of my favorite weeks in a very long time. Carrie, you have any thoughts? My twin of the week is definitely Ultimate Comics Spider Man Twenty One. She didn't hesitate. Boom! Yeah. Just boom! Boom! Exactly. Done. All right. Well, let us know your twins of the week by hitting us up hashtag This Week in Marvel. Over to collections on sale this week, and that includes Daredevil, a new trade that collects issues 13 through 17, a new Deadpool classic, uh, volume one of Gambit, uh, Invincible Iron Man collection, which includes five, issues 5, 16 yes, through 5, Yes, Ryan is laughing because once again, the interns did a terrible job assembling this as they were running off to Palm Beach or wherever the hell they are. Yeah, Palm, Palm Beach, Beach, New o- Jersey. Yeah, Palm Beach, Oklahoma is where... Some of them are. Uh, Invincible Iron Man, issues 516 through 521. Marvel Masterworks, The Amazing Spider-Man, hardcover, I don't know which Could be one. anything. Anything. Could be anything. Secret Avengers, uh, hardcover, issues 33 through 38. Superior, trade paperback. It's actually a TBP, according to our type Oh, my here. lord. Uh, uh, 
MVP. And Winter Soldier Volume 3, Black Widow Hunt. I love that. That was you great. that up. All right, new on the Marvel Comics app this week, in addition to everything we just mentioned, all the new books will be on the app. We've got Excalibur, 1988 series, number 71. What is that? You know what? I think uh, these are all the Fatal Attractions. I was just going to say, yeah, look, Fatal... Because, yeah, Ooh. we've got X-Force, original series number 25, X-Men, original series number 25, Uncanny X-Men, issues 298 through 305 and 315, Uncanny X-Men Annual number 17, X-Factor, original series issues 87 through 92, and then X-Men Unlimited 1 through 2. And, yeah, that's everything from Fatal Attractions, I think. that's Yeah, that is, except for the Wolverine issue. There's a Wolverine issue that's not there for some reason. Might be in the app already. Yeah, it could be there already. But, yeah, the Excalibur, the Uncanny X-Men, X-Factor, X-Force, X-Men, and X-Men Unlimited was the prelude. So, cool stuff. it's a Fatal Attractions theme week. That's pretty cool. Yeah. And the collections on sale... On the Marvel Comics app are Fantastic Four by Jonathan Hickman, Volume 5, Fear Itself, Invincible Iron Man, House of M, Incredible Hulk, Iron Man Noir, Thor Blood Oath, and Ultimate Spider-Man, Volume 16, Deadpool. All right, over to what's new for Marvel Unlimited this week. We've got Age of Apocalypse, issues 1 through 5 for the current series, Amazing Spider-Man, issues 133 through 135, and 138 through 144. Captain America, number 137, as well as 139 through 142. Iron Man, number 277, and 292 to 332. I was I was doing the update yesterday, because as I may have mentioned a few times, the interns aren't here. And after an hour, realized they had actually done this last week. Uh, they had already done the update, and then I did it again, because oh. I'm doing a great job managing them. Yep. Um, but, <laughs> 40 issues, yeah, 40 consecutive so issues. There are so many Iron Man issues, and it's all the issues I read when I was a kid, it's like this is when I was in my heart of buying stuff. It was right around issue 300 where uh, Tony gets knocked out by Ultimo and so he brings in like or all or Rhodey or somebody brings in like all his old friends and they all wear Iron Man suits and they attack Ultimo as the Iron Legion. Wow. And they all get their asses kicked except for War Machine but it's a lot of crazy stuff. But for a subscription to Marvel oh, yeah. Unlimited which is $10 per month or $60 for the year. This week alone, you get 41 new issues of That's, Iron Man in, the, in and, the app. And when I was a kid buying those, those were like a buck fifty. So the value is incredible. You're, I would have, I would have had more value in 1993 or whenever when I was buying these if I had had the Marvel Comics app. Man, it's crazy. On top of that, we also get Marvel Adventure Spider-Man numbers eight and twenty-four. Marvel's The Avengers Prelude, Fury's Big Week, issues 1 through 3. That's awesome, because those mm-hmm. are terrific. Then Thor, number 231, and Ultimate Comics Ultimates, number 7 through 11 from the, the current series. A lot of those in there are filling gaps. Yep. It's something that you, you know we know fans are very interested in. We are working to fill gaps of a lot of those runs. So Spider-Man, Captain America, Iron Man, Thor... Putting in issues where yeah. we need to make sure those gaps. I don't want to speak out of turn, but having been monitoring the updates the last few weeks, if we're not there as far as having the complete first volume of Iron Man, we are very, very close because we've been adding a lot of Iron Man issues every week. Um, and a regular weekly story we do on the site is History of Iron Man, and one of the things I go through is I have to get links to where you can get them on the app or on Marvel Unlimited and we're real real close at best we're missing like under 20 issues at this point of the original volume of Iron Man so you could read the entire series even Iron Man as a teenager Tony Stark as a teenager do we have Uh, those yet yeah 
if you yeah because he he becomes one in number i know this because i read it a couple weeks ago um because because <laughs> uh jim beard had to write about it um and he and he made sure i knew he had to write about it uh it was issue number 325 so we've got through 332 here so that i believe would be his entire tenure hot dog all seven issues of his <laughs> teen tony goodness all right with all the comics out of the way, time to kick it over to Strami for TV, video games, movies, all that good stuff. Hello there. This week in Marvelites, this is Marvel.com associate editor Mark Strom coming to you from slightly cloudy Los Angeles today with the latest in Marvel TV and games on sale and on air this week, beginning with an all-new episode of Ultimate Spider. Man, beginning at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, inside Marvel Universe on Disney XD this Sunday. In this episode, the mayor of Boston offers Spider-Man the key to the city, and Spider-Man becomes Spider-Man, as, you know, with the Boston accent. Anyway... The episode itself is actually called Spider-Man, and it is written by Jimmy Palmiotti, who many of you will know as a rather prolific, prolific is the word I was looking for, inker, writer, uh, comics editor. He co-founded the Marvel Knights line back in 1998. Yes, 1998, with Joe Quesada, who some of you may know, and who also wrote the story for this episode. Joe Quesada, that is. So it's a really great episode. You get to see Spider-Man out of his element. He takes a little vacation from the streets of New York, meets some homegrown Boston supervillains that are... uh, Well, I think you will enjoy them. And even faces off against a villain that has updated the Iron Spider costume that we've seen previously in the animated series and which has also, of course, come from the comics uh, from the the Civil War storyline in Amazing Spider-Man. So, that pretty much covers TV. Jumping on to games... Marvel Pinball is now on the Nintendo Wii U as we speak. It just went on sale today, if you are listening to this when this podcast goes live on Thursday. You can go into the Nintendo eShop on your Wii U. You download Zen Pinball 2, and within that, you can get three separate Marvel Pinball packs, including the Marvel Pinball pack, which has a Spider-Man, Wolverine, Blade, and Iron Man table, or rather, tables. Each of them has their own individual table. There's the Avengers Crockle packs, which... Or, I'm... Pardon? 321. Okay. There's the Avengers Chronicles pack, which features tables centered around Marvel's The Avengers. Of course, the film itself, in which 
there is a different ball for each of the six Avengers. And Nick Fury, I believe, if I recall correctly, it's been a while since I played this particular table. But it is incredible. You face off against Loki. There's an Infinity Gauntlet table. There's a World War Hulk table. There's a Fear Itself table. And there's also the Marvel Pinball Vengeance and Virtue Pack which features X-Men, Thor, Ghost Rider, and Moon Knight tables. So you can head over, well, head over, go into your Nintendo eShop, I suppose. Not very much walking to do when you can do it from your couch. So check that out. They're all great tables. I recommend all of them. In particular, the Infinity Gauntlet table as part of the Avengers Chronicles pack because that does some really, really, really cool things that are that you could only do on a video game of a pinball table rather than an actual pinball table itself and really takes advantage of a lot of the different things you can do within the game. So, with that, I will bid you adieu for the moment. I will be back shortly, but until then, you're safely in the hands of Ryan and Ben and Blake and everyone else in New York. Oh, Strami, thank you. Wow. Never know, wow. You just never know what you're going to get Just with that seriously, guy. wow. Strami is like a box of chocolates. He's bad for you. Yep. I love, you know what? Yeah. I love chocolate. Yeah, he's bad for you, but you can't stop. I love it's good for chocolate. Your heart. Is it? Chocolate? Is that a thing? I, maybe I'm thinking of wine. Well, you know, one of the two. <laughs> wine and chocolate, I'm good to go. Yeah. <laughs> one of the two is good for your heart. All right. Don't take health advice from Carrie Fiala. No. Time for news, Ben. Mm-hmm. All right. Over in the world of comics this week, we had a really fun feature we did last week. It was a two-parter. It was a Journey into Mystery sketchbook, which we've done in the past with the artist Valerio Shiti, who is awesome. In addition to being a fantastic artist, just a really cool guy who has a lot of cool insight into his process. And in this case... He talked about all the old original Journey into Mystery monsters from the 50s that he brought back for this arc. Uh, we had a, exclusive sketches and his commentary, some stuff from Catherine Eminen as well. Really cool. Go check that out. I got to do a retrospective of the 90s Deathlock series. Uh, we did that kind of to commemorate the fact that Dwayne McDuffie passed away a couple of years ago. So I spoke to Gregory Wright, who was his co-writer on that book, and we talked about Dwayne. We talked about Deathlock, creating this unique character in the 90s, this new take on Deathlock. Uh, they're working with Dennis Cowan, working with Butch Geis. A lot of really cool stories from Gregory Wright, so do check that out. This week, we have a series of interviews with the legendary Walter Simonson, previewing his upcoming run on Indestructible Hulk, and there's a lot of great preview pages in there. And minutes after this podcast ends, I will be putting together the Ultimates Q&A speaking with Sam Humphreys and Josh Fialkov about leaving and coming on board Ultimate Comics Ultimates, respectively. So that should be fun. Very cool. Uh, So we are doing something that's been in the works for a while. This week we are doing a Marvel AR rollout, which means we're going to put all the Marvel AR videos online for you guys to see. You can still use your Marvel AR app, but this way we can give you give access to everyone for these videos to show you what kind of cool stuff we're doing um we're gonna make it so we tell you where in the books you can find them as well so if you want to go back using your app to watch them more than 
welcome to. We're going to put them on YouTube, edmarvel.com. That's going to start on Wednesday. Uh, I guess we'll have already started by the time you guys are listening to this. Yeah, it should be And up. it's going to keep going. And it's it's a fun thing because there's a lot of effort put into these AR videos. And we want to keep doing them. We want you guys to enjoy them and read the books. So, very cool. Um, also, in Marvel Avengers Alliance, we have new character coming. I will just tease it. Uh, well, by the time you guys hear this, you may know who it is. But that's definitely you coming. may not. may not. Yeah, you never you know. Yeah, you may not. Things always happen. Uh, Hank Pym. If you guys uh, are still playing Spec Op, I think we got him. You got yep. him. I got him. Yeah, Hank Pym over again. the weekend. No. You haven't gotten him yet. Not yet. Are you gonna close? You're gonna work towards I'm close. it. Close. Yeah. Okay. All right. Good. We're pulling for it. Don't give up. I'm, I'm complete confidence in myself. Yep. Good as usual. Excellent. Yep. Uh, then there's a bunch of new content and updates coming that I've I've seen details about. So it's very cool. They're constantly updating that. So always good. Last week Ben and I went to Toys R Us and hung out with Seamus and Ryback. Uh, you know, we just palled around with them. Just you guys went shopping, shooting the breeze. Yeah, no, we've bought... no time for shopping. Yeah, I know because you didn't bring me back a Barbie doll when I asked you specifically for one. Yeah, I know. I had to work. Sorry. Um, I'll, I'll try to. You know, I bet you Seamus would have gotten me one. Seamus was great. Seamus shook my hand about eight times. Like, yeah, me yeah. too. He was amazing. That's that. Seamus was really nice, but handshakes are like currency in respect. Yeah, and in, and in like you know, bro currency, they're like gold. <laughs> so Seamus gave us like fifty dollars. Wow, he, he was, was a really nice guy. That was a strange analogy. Yeah, and hopefully Brilliant. we'll have him in the office to do a podcast. Yes. He was very enthusiastic about trying to make it up here. Uh, we spoke to some of the guys over at WWE, and a lot of them really wanted to try to make it over here. They're super busy during the week of WrestleMania, which is coming up in a couple of weeks. But they'll all be in New York, and a lot of them have definitely expressed interest in making it over to the Marvel offices. And if they do, like Ryan said, we will of course record podcasts and the works yep uh just as we were sitting down to start recording i looked at my ipad and the marvel unlimited app update came through so that's the first update with bug fixes and improvements and that's just you know they're working constantly to get more and more updates together for this uh there's a lot of feature stuff that will come down the road but this way is really making sure that the login bug was fixed and some other things um We'll, we'll try and keep you guys updated as more of those come through. Also, Ben and I had an idea about Marvel Unlimited. So when we get through all these questions, you'll see that a lot of fellow listeners are subscribers. And we're using the service all the time. So we were thinking, why don't we put together a Marvel, uh, a This Week in Marvel bit for Marvel Unlimited? When we do some stuff on the site and in the app, we can put together a little reading list, like a book club almost. For you, specifically for you guys who are listening on the podcast, we'll pick some books that we're reading. We want you guys to read in the app and on the service, and then you can uh, tweet about it. We'll talk about it and maybe do it every couple weeks and see how it goes. I think that could be kind of fun. Carrie, what do you think? I think that's a great idea. Yes, I put my stamp of approval on it. Validated. Whew. All right, <laughs> time for Mark's news. Hello, once again. This week in Marvelites, Marvel.com Associate Editor Mark Strom, a.k.a. Stromy, coming at you once again with some Marvel movie, TV, and games news. Kicking things off with some movie news, we unveiled a new IMAX-exclusive poster for Iron Man 3, featuring Iron Man, Pepper Potts, The Mandarin, Aldrich Killian... Iron Patriot, that is Rhodey in the Iron Patriot armor. 
shows a ton of different action. It's really a great poster that is for the IMAX 3D release of the film because, of course, it's hitting theaters everywhere May 3rd, but it's also coming to IMAX 3D, which I'm kind of excited to see this movie up on the huge IMAX screen in 3D. So you can check out that poster on Marvel.com right now. And in terms of TV news, we have another full episode of Ultimate Spider-Man up streaming for free on Marvel.com and MarvelKids.com currently. We now have episode 25 of season one, which is the episode in which we, well, get to meet the Green Goblin. Of course, we've met Norman Osborn before in the series, but this is the episode in which Dr. Octopus... His plans go somewhat awry and end up in the creation of the Green Goblin. So you can check out that right now on Marvel.com as well as another episode of Marvel Comics Close-Up, which takes you inside some of the stories that influenced the Ultimate Spider-Man series on Marvel Universe on Disney XD. This one focuses on the story of how Thor once became a frog in the classic Thor number 364 by Walter Simonson and your hosts, Marvel CCO Joe Quesada and Disney XD's Dylan, Red- Dylan Riley Snyder take you inside the story and really give you uh, some interesting insight into it. So you can check that out right now on Marvel.com. Finally, in some video game news, we will be unveiling some galleries of card art from Marvel War of Heroes, which is our free mobile card game that you can get on iOS and Android devices now. And we have some really top-notch talent working on some of these cards, including artists like Greg Horn, Sana Takeda, Udon, many more. We'll be showing off each artist, uh, well, a gallery of, of art from each artist, beginning this week. It's up on Marvel.com right now. First gallery will be Greg Horn. You get to see some great new art from him that, again, is available only in the game. These are art used for some of the playing cards that you can get in the game. So... Check that out right now, and we will be showing you even more art in the coming weeks. I know we have at least five galleries planned at the moment of different artists, so you'll be seeing some more stuff for at least the next four or five weeks. And then uh, we will probably have some more after that as well. I'm working with the games group right now to get even more art, and this is just the first batch they sent me. So, with that, I will send you once more back to the fine, fine fellows in New York. I hope you have a great weekend, a great week. I thank you for listening, and I will speak to you again in seven more days. All right. Uh, you didn't get to, you, they don't get to hear that because they don't hear your countdown, but Ryan did a lovely, I think that was Irish countdown as we were coming back. Sure. It was great. Whatever. Yeah.
All right, we're going to go into questions and comments. Remember, guys, tweet using the hashtag ThisWeekInMarvel, and we'll pull them for next week. You could also tweet to at AgentM, at BenJMorse, at BlakeGarris, at Stromy, and at FangirlingDaily once in a while. Every day. She's fangirling constantly. That's true. It's true. It is. It is. It's really accurate. On the daily. Yep. All right, first up, we've got at jhelker underscore 37. He said, is there a Wolverine trailer out yet? All I know is a photo and stills. No trailer for the Wolverine yet. Another one from Alan. He says, does MODOK have mind control powers? You know, you might know this better than I have, but I've never seen him exert mind control powers. His mental powers, what he seems to like to do is more just blast people and yeah. like give them headaches and stuff like that. Mental yep. anguish. Yeah. <laughs> Good. Yes. Up. Yes, Yay. that's true. Avengers Alliance, he loves to cause mental anguish. It's really annoying. Um, I feel like there's probably the capability yeah. there. If he wanted to, he could probably, you know, modify himself to do it, but it's just not his, his style. He's designed for killing, it's not true. for not manipulating. Yeah. So, yeah, you know. That's true. Think about well that. Well put. All right. At Jedi Masketeer tweets, whose power would you rather have, the Beyonder or the Infinity Gauntlet? That's easy. Um, because, I mean, they're both basically, you know. The power to do power anything. Power to do anything, but the Infinity Gauntlet constantly gets taken away from people. <laughs> So, I would say the Beyonder, because his power is kind of, like, ingrained, and he doesn't lose it. The Infinity Gauntlet, I feel like there's always some scheme. And the, the Infinity Gauntlet is unstable. Yeah. It never... It, it's it's sort of, like, too powerful for its own good. It, right. it, it comes together. People can't handle it. They lose it. Yeah. I mean, it's just... I mean, the Beyonder trips himself up, but that's just because he's the Beyonder. He doesn't get stuff. Yeah. And he's childlike. Also, the Beyonder has ill style. It's true. It's true. Whether it's the Jerry curl or that leisure suit he wears, oh, so good. Uh, if that, com- I think that comes with the power. Yeah, set. naturally. I mean, not the Infinity Gauntlet's not bling to scoff at. Yeah, it's true. But I, if you're the Beyonder, you can give yourself your own Infinity Gauntlet. Yeah, you can be like, boop. Yeah, I'm gonna turn this cup into a glove. Absolutely. At Wasgo, would Marvel ever consider Kickstarter for lower selling books with dedicated fan bases? Everyone wants to kickstart everything now. I tried. I tried to kickstart like. A lunch fund the other day. How'd that go? Not well. Mm. Not well. I had to pay for my own lunch. Oh, but that tragedy. was also because I don't think it really had time to get going. You know, I yeah. was really hungry. Yeah. I didn't want to wait. Like you know, you know, you couldn't have really executed the stretch goals. No, and, like, and I didn't uh, want to give those... out incentives. You yeah, know, because I was say, what would be the incentive for people to do it? I, I felt Pictures like of you eating the lunch. Yeah, exactly. It's like what am I gonna do? Like give someone like chips? Call someone while you're chewing? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> do that point is you can't kickstarter everything <laughs> yeah and no we're not gonna do no. that long roundabout answer for it no it was a great answer it was a good analogy it made people relate to what was happening at dreamy robot centurion joe thor does not quit okay i mean yeah if sure you say, if you say so and at immortal thor 99 any plans for a sample of project gamma being released eventually uh chris just not yet yeah. we there's Still some stuff to do. Um, the teaser's out there. Uh, you can watch the video on YouTube, which gives a tiny little taste. But uh, when the time is right, we'll have more. All right, we got more from Mr. Chris Mon. Any plans for an anthology book like Marvel Comics Presents? This was a great format for minor characters, short stories, etc. I love anthology books. I love Marvel Comics Presents. I love anything where you know you get a chance to expose lesser-known creators and characters that always get a lot of spotlight. Um, can't talk about any specific plans right now. But there are certainly initiatives that have been discussed in the walls of Marvel for books that would provide exposure in that manner. I don't know if anthology will be the exact format, but 
kind of the same the same goal that you're looking for. A plus X is an anthology book. A plus X is an anthology and book. The, so there you go. Yeah, you know what we saw last week? Someone asked, "Who is this Dupe character?" Yep. And that introduced Dupe to a new audience who was picking up this book who had not been exposed to him for whatever reason. Uh, that gives them exposure to Dupe, and that's what an anthology yep. will do to a lot of people. It shows you. I remember reading Marvel Comics Presents when we were kids, and you know there would always be like a there was a Wolverine story essentially every issue or yeah, a Ghost Rider story. It was, it was a, well, it was, yeah, it was kind of like the second Wolverine book. Yeah, but they didn't call it that. And and then you would get some weird stuff, some mm-hmm. really cool stuff. So I love that, and that's that's part of the spirit of A Plus X. So you got A Plus X, and possibly more stuff to come. Sure. We'll see. I'd love to see a series of omnibuses focusing on the cool villains of Marvel. They could have first appearances and significant issues and story arcs. First up, of course, would be Ultron, duh, and then Thanos. Later could be Loki, Magneto, Apocalypse, Masters of Evil, Red Skull, Mr. and Sinister, on and on. All, of course, with gorgeous new art. I mean, new art for the cover. It's a cool idea. Uh, I, just, I Financially, idea. I just can't imagine that yeah. being va- a viable option. Here's something you could do, though. You can kind of... This is one of the great things about Marvel Unlimited. You can, like, pick out all the appearances of certain villains. And, you know, while you won't have a physical trade, you can almost give yourself that same experience where you pick out, all right, this is Ultron's first appearance, and these are what I deem his significant issues. Read them all in order. It's kind of like replicating the experience. Yeah. Good stuff. And finally from Chris Bond, does anyone else hear the cable theme from the 90s X-Men cartoon when they use them in Avengers Alliance? I probably will now. What is the cable theme? It's that, like, it's it's uh, when he first shows up in Genosha, and he's like, I'm the wild man of Borneo, and it's like, I don't know. You gotta look it up. We'll look it up when we get back. You'll you'll recognize it. You'll go, oh. All right. It's very, like, uh, very mercenary, very, like, uh, very Western almost. At Then Hammer, which is actually at the N Hammer, ah. Daniel Benjamin Shaw tweeted us a picture of... How do you know that's at the N Hammer? Because he tweeted us a picture okay. saying, Happy St. Patrick's Day from Iron Patty. Right. It was a picture of Iron Man's helmet with a like green hat on it. Yeah, I get that. And uh, it, his actual Instagram oh, name right. is the underscore N underscore Hammer. So that's what we saw. Fair enough. Uh, There's so many Irish... Well, there's not so many, but there are Irish Marvel characters. Why didn't you send us a picture of that instead of... Name name now is three. Banshee. Mm Mm-hmm. It's one. Teresa O'Rourke. Right? Yeah. What's her her code name? Isn't she Banshee, too? Yep. There's two Banshees. All right. Who's the third? I'll think of one. Give me a second. Yeah. So you came up with two bands. I'll give up. I'll so many, up. and you just, just I can so come many. Up with There's another. just a wealth of Irish Marvel characters. Well, I can't maybe believe... we need to fix that. Yeah, I can't believe you didn't dress up as Banshee or Banshee and went with <laughs> Iron Man instead. <laughs> yeah. I can. I'll come up with another one. Sure you will. Sure you will. I don't think Tony Stark is Irish. That's He's all definitely not. All right. So at SSJCR65, Christian Radoslavich tweets: Have She-Hulk and War Machine ever been on a team together? I think they would work well together. I mean, they've both been Avengers, but I don't think ever at the same time, because War Machine was on the West Coast team, which She-Hulk was yep. not. Uh, he was on the Secret Avengers, which She-Hulk was not. So no, I don't think they've ever been on a team together. I did like something we forgot to mention in the comics this week. Uh, Captain Marvel said something about seeing a shirtless War Machine. War Machine, yeah. That was a great touch, yeah. because cause that's not normally the go-to, like, you know, beefcake character. But yeah, James Rhodes, man. Yeah. He's a military dude. He's in shape. Totally is, uh, but no, I don't think they've ever been on a team together. That would be that would be cool. I feel like they'd have a cool dynamic. 
Yeah. I'd like to see War Machine interact with more characters generally, not just Iron Man. At Dean Wireman says, It is obvious that you guys are WWE fans. No love for TNA Impact? Great podcast. Uh, where Dean. have you been, Dean? Dean. We're huge Impact fans. We love... Mean Dean. <laughs> we love every kind of wrestling. Look, we're both really good friends with Christopher Daniels. Yeah. Uh, talk to him all the time. Uh, he texts me every week uh, during the... When Parenthood's on the air. Because Parenthood is this super uh, girly show that we both watch. It's not girly. But it's not the type of thing you can talk about. Emotionally heavy. Yeah, it's an emotionally heavy show. So he will text me because I don't think he wants to talk to his wrestler buddies. <laughs> he'll text me to talk about uh, the the heartfelt stuff that went down between the mothers and daughters on Parenthood the night before. I got a lovely Christmas card from Chris this yeah. year. Yeah, a nice Christmas card from Chris. But we watch Impact. I watch Impact every week. Yeah, I, was, um, I watched two episodes of Impact in the last two days because yeah, I DVR I love Bully Ray. I, as Bully champ. Ray as one of my all-time favorite, mm-hmm. like 3D, you know, Dudley Boys are very near and dear to my heart. Yeah, TNA's got a great lineup, and they got some great people work for, for them, too. We we worked with some of the people over yeah. at TNA. I mean, we've had videos with them, we've had guys come into the office, we had Hulk Hogan come into the office. Eric Young was on the podcast. Yeah. Eric Young was on the podcast Shut time. recently. Yeah. Does he say it like that? No, one's, no. Never. Shut time. Never. Um, so yeah, we, we talk about WWE a lot, but we talk about TNA as well. Yeah. It just happens that WWE's on eight times a week. And TNA is only on once a week, so yeah. we'll probably end up talking about WWE. A little yeah, bit. we're just exposed to it more. Yeah, we love all wrestling. Yeah, wrestling's awesome. Yeah. At Drew Hamilton One tweets, just want to say thanks for the four omnibus reprints: Amazing Spider-Man, Daredevil, Fantastic Four, and Uncanny X-Men. Keep them omnibuses coming. Not a problem. I guess. Sure. Omnibuses are always coming. All right. All right. We got from at. Almaraz, 1983. My pick of the week is a three-way tie between Age of Ultron number two, Uncanny X-Men number three, and Thor, God of Thunder number six. Three fine choices. Stellar. At Hayden Sane. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, but that's how it's going to be pronounced. How many Marvel titles are you currently reading? Any recommendations? How many Marvel titles come out a week? Yeah, we read every Marvel title. Literally every book that comes out, we read. If if a Marvel book comes out, we read it. Any recommendations? I mean, the this is that's what we do. That's the podcast. Well, you know what? Welcome, Hayden. Yeah, because you, I think you might be a new listener, and that's great. So. That's this is what the podcast is all about. We yeah. tell you what we think of the books and what we really really like, and you know, try and show you some stuff that you may not be yep. reading. Short version: We read every Marvel title yep. and we recommend stuff every week here on the podcast, and also on our Twitter handles and yeah, yeah. Else. Usually, you'll start to see us with thoughts on Fridays, Fridays into and, Saturday. Into Saturdays, yeah. we start reading the books that we get for the next week. Yeah, train rides home on Fridays, and then in on Mondays, you'll get a lot of a yeah. uh, lot of tweets. Um, actually, someone to follow if you want recommendations is Arun, who's just Arun, A-R-U-N-E, yep. who basically live tweets his entire reading experience as he reads his uh, books every week. Yep. So that's a good one. So this is directed to me. I just need to say that Ben Morse has one of the best Twitter themes I've ever seen. Hashtag Starlord, hashtag Nova, hashtag Thanos Imperative, hashtag Rad. It's my uh, Nova on one side, Starlord on the other side. It's one of those things where it's like paneled. But for some reason, the way it laid down just worked out perfectly. So the right side and the left side are both peeking out from nice. behind. And all the word balloons got in. So cool. I, I love that background. I'm glad you enjoy it, too. I know you might not be able to answer. And I hope you don't crucify me. But do you read from other publishing companies? We've answered this before. Yeah, hey, we, we, wouldn't, we wouldn't yell yeah. at you or crucify you. Of course. We love comics. I mean, that's we what... We yell at people. Yeah, I know. But not yeah, about this. Not for this. Uh, and we, you know what? I read 
On the train ride in this morning, I read two issues of New X-Men and two issues of a non-Marvel title. Yes. And uh, I'm not going to name names because that's not what this is about. But, yeah, we read comics. Yeah, all yeah comics. I read, I, uh, yeah, actually every all the comics I read this morning because I already made my way through all my Marvel books for this week. So I was reading some of uh, some other books. For yeah, this I had forgot to, I'd forgotten to add more issues of New X-Men to my Unlimited mm-hmm. to read offline. So I went to my... Comics app, but I read all my Marvel issues first. Always, as you should. Always, Carrie. I do too. There. Yeah. Yeah. All right, and finally from Hayden, what has been your favorite event from House of M to Avengers versus X Men? On another note, Age of Ultron is amazing. Favorite event. Um, it's tough. I'm gonna say ABX. ABX I really liked ABX, and I also liked. You know what I liked about ABX is that it was all the writers working together. So I think you got a lot of strength there. You got a lot of uh, distinct styles working together to create the best story. The art was great. So it's not a cop-out just because it was the most recent one. It really was. I feel like that was a culmination of kind of learning how to do events uh, or perfecting doing events. Yeah. I, I read House of M last week, reread it uh, last week, and that was great. Secret Invasion has a very special place to me from where I was during when that was going on, what we were doing, very exciting stuff. Uh, Siege I like a lot. I yeah. have good vibes about that. Uh, but yeah, AVX is really... Steamrolling over Civil War, too. Oh. Civil War was yeah, post I was going to say. Yeah? Oh. Sorry, yeah, Carrie. Civil War is good. Yeah, I love Civil War. That was the first like Marvel event that I was like aware of, and that's what yeah. got me into Marvel. Cool. Yeah. At HW View, he would tweet, Hashtag Horizon Labs like finding the new combat bonuses with mixing Wasp and Hank with other heroes. So, talking about Marvel Avengers Alliance, and he enjoys finding the combat bonuses you get when you mix two heroes together. And then he lists some of them. Uh, such as uh, Hank Pym and Quicksilver. You get the Assemble Avengers Assemble... No. Assemble Academy. Jan and... It's... Alright, I apologize, because it's trying to decipher this and make it readable uh, true. For, for talking it out. used a lot of... You, you mixed up a lot of real names of characters with their code names. Yeah. And it's... And it's, and it's so Wasp and Black Widow for Fashionistas, Hank Pym and Hawkeye for Academy and Best Coast. There's a lot of Best Coast Avenger. If you use any of the old West Coast Avengers yeah. together, they give you Best Coast That's Avengers. Cool. Which is That's cool. That's fun. one. Yeah. At FI7Z tweets, are they going to explain how Peter Quill and Thanos escaped the Cancerverse without Rich Rider? Well, if you read Nova number two this week and you read the letters page, uh, Steve Wacker kind of tells the history of Nova, and he does note that Richard Rider was left in, he doesn't say Cancerverse, he says, you know, basically left in a hell other dimension, and then it hasn't been addressed, and then says in parentheses basically, hmm, maybe that's something we should look into, yeah. dot, dot, dot. So, wink, wink, nudge, I nudge. Think that is the official stance on that for now. Yeah. At Mr. Mia tweets, the recipe for cookies in this week's Secret Avengers AR is blurry on my device. Can you post it somewhere? Hashtag baking. You know what? I'm going to task that one to Carrie Fialo to tweet to Mr. Mia uh, to get the recipe for Cookies in Secret Avengers AR and tweet it to Mr. Mia. Make sure you t- hashtag it this week in Marvel. Okay. Looks terrified. I am terrified. Well, got a task. It's time to step up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. From at Avenging Kirby with two R's. Can you give a brief difference between Marvel Universe and the Ultimate Universe? Not 616. 616 <laughs> confused me. Nice. Ten twin points, Josh. <clears throat> 
Uh, the difference between the Marvel Universe and the Ultimate Universe is the Marvel Universe has been around for decades. It's been around since the 1940s, and that's in real time. Uh, and it's basically everything from Marvel Comics number one, where Namor first appeared through Fantastic Four and the Silver Age. All those comics take place in the Marvel Universe. In the year 2000, we launched a new line called the Ultimate Universe, which started with Ultimate Spider-Man number one, and it just started from scratch. It's its own continuity, its own characters, reimagined versions of characters like Spider-Man, the Avengers, and the X-Men. It, it was started, you know, we wanted Brian Michael Bendis, Mark Miller, Joe Casada, various people taking the core concepts and ideas of characters such as Spider-Man, the X-Men, the, the Avengers, and reimagining them, as Ben said, for a modern day. Taking them and shining a new light on them, starting them fresh, but taking them in a new direction. It was cool. Yeah, it was cool, and still, still cool. is cool to this day. It's yeah. it's it's, it's <clears throat> the best way to explain it. It's it's two different universes. It's yeah. uh, trying to think the best way I put it. Is if, if a movie franchise had a reboot, imagine if a movie franchise had a reboot. So like it did, like Star Trek. Like Star Trek, have a new reboot, but is... that ties to yeah. The I'm other to say, if you have something you know completely I mean? different, you yeah, total. It's just it's it's totally separate, but like say oh. Yeah, it's yeah, hard to, to, to describe. How about in Star Trek, the Mirrorverse? Please stop. Versus... Yeah, you are. Please, you no, are, I'm you staying are. with no, the Star no, no, Trek. No, 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 no. You're, you're, ma- you're making this worse and more confusing. Yeah, far worse. No, um, all right, so imagine... Uh, what's, like, what's like a TV show that they restarted? Like Hawaii Five-0. Dallas. Hawaii Five-0. Hawaii Five-0. Sure. You've got the old Hawaii Five-0, and you've got the current Hawaii Five-0. Imagine that they're on at the same time. Elementary yeah. and Sherlock. Just Please stop it. stop. That's actually pretty good, though. Yeah, Thank you. nice job. Um, let's move on, please. At Chicago Wolf Rose, my three-plus-year-old son, so I'm assuming it's between three and four, and I have read Nova at least 16 times, can't wait for issue number two. Well, wait no longer, because it's out now. Yeah, good job, Julio. Yeah, that's Julio? really cool. Julio. Julio. What's wrong with me? <laughs> now we're going to move on to at Johnny Timpuls. My biggest fail was saying Guardians of the Galaxy 0.5 instead of 0.1. My bad. Didn't we call it 0.5 by accident? No, they, he Oh, did. he did. In a tweet, yeah. Gave him a hard time. Yep. All right. Which Marvel character would you compare Dolph Ziggler to? I would say Quicksilver. Interesting. Guy who likes to show Quicksilver. off. I was going to say Johnny Storm. Yeah, That's I, not bad. Yeah, Johnny Storm's a good one. Good he's job, more Carrie. of a show yeah. off. Yeah, I think Johnny Storm is uh, that's that's a perfect one. He's a ladies' man. He, yep. he loves to show off. Very talented. Yeah, and not quite getting that that thing that he needs. He's so yeah. close to the yeah, exactly. Top. He's so close. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So good job, Carrie. Uh, Ziggler, Biggie, and AJ remind me of Heroes for Hire, but the heel version. So the heels for hire. <laughs> Nice. We will we will let them know that. Yeah, Biggie's we'll awesome, by the way. We've been I think Arun primarily has been communicating <laughs> with him, but he's been a lot of fun. He's a big comic book fan. Yep, he uh, offered to get in a fight with Blake last week. For, I love him even for, more for comics. Yep, if we give him X Men comics, he's say you get in a Done. fight with Blake. Done. At Lex Pendragon tweets, I just heard of something called Next Wave. What was that? Next Wave is without hyperbole one of my all time favorite comic book series. Twelve issues of madness. Written by Warren Ellis, drawn by Stuart Eminem, crazy, bananas, insane, magnificent. I'm pretty sure I, it's on the Marvel Comics app, and I'm pretty sure it's in Marvel Unlimited. You should go read it right now. Stop what you're doing. Put the podcast on pause and read Next Wave. 
There's a song. There's a next wave song. Yeah. <sighs> Another one from Lex. He says, I know you hate them, but us old fans love them. Marvel U is 616, but what are the cinematic and gaming universe des- designations? Now, I didn't know this. Chris Hutchinson at RRR Chris tweeted to Lex saying, Cinematic is 199999. Gaming doesn't have one yet, I think. Uh, but he agrees with us that it, it alienates new fans. And with numbers like one nine 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 nine, how how could you? Uh, that's not alienating uh, yeah. at all. That's not could confusing. That? Uh, Terrible. We just—it's so easy. It's the Marvel Cinematic Universe, the Marvel Gaming Universe, the yeah. Ultimate Universe. That's much easier than universe. trying to come up with whatever random number was. If you go up to someone and you say, "Oh, are you a fan of?" The six one six universe. Are you a fan of the? Yo, bro, you down with one nine five seven two? Yeah. What? Just say, do you like the Marvel Cinematic Universe? Do you like the Marvel Game Universe? It's so much easier to explain. Seriously, you're you're a disaster. Yeah. At Nick Burt fifty one tweets. So Age of Ultron has a knack for great last panels. You Certainly does. That's Bendis. That's Bendis and crew right there, mm-hmm. nailing it. Another one from Nick. He says, at work typing a bunch of UPCs, and I type one that ends in 616. Can't help but laugh and think of the podcast. I feel like this is like our, uh, our albatross. We've doomed ourselves. It's just going to haunt us forever. Speaking yeah. of which, at Hawkeye UK, <laughs> when you say this is Marvel, your universe at the end of podcast, is that a reference to the 616 universe? Five twin demerits, Pete. Yeah. That's. I'm not even addressing it. At Moose Knight. Loved the updated Digital Unlimited. Any way to integrate an easy home screen that shows recently read books? Peter, there are uh, tons of improvements and things that we're going to add and and update the app with and the service with. Uh, It's just we want to get it out the door, especially in time for South by Southwest and getting it. You know, we've had this in the works for so long. I've seen mock-ups that show all kinds of cool stuff. So we will get there. Recently read books. There's a thing that shows you're recently viewed, not necessarily recently read. Uh, all kinds of different things coming down the line. Oh, all right, boy. bunch from Ref Gemlin here. Thanks for the advice on Marvel Unlimited lowercase login issue on This Week in Marvel. I appreciate the shared knowledge. And Robert, hopefully that issue is a moot point now with the latest updates to the app. Of all the costume redesigns over the years, I love current Hawkeye's non mask movie look. Who was the original designer? For the movie look, it was probably Ryan Minerding yeah. or Charlie Wen. Those were the primary designers on Mar- they they are two of the primary designers at Marvel Studios. Mm-hmm. And and you know, a lot of the like the cool art you'll see that we release uh, around Comic-Con time for most of the movies is done by them or someone else. So, um, I would assume it's one of those yeah. two. As far as the current comics version, which is somewhat movie inspired, not sure. He was in Avengers when he first started using it, and at the time, Avengers was being drawn by Daniel Acuna. But I don't know. But if designs Daniel can Acuna come in from any yeah. number of places. I, I have no idea. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be shocked to hear that because the series was already in the works. It wouldn't shock me if David Aja perhaps sure. did it, but I don't know for sure. Yeah. All right. Just to double check, are the season one graphic novels in continuity? I believe they were. Just wanted to be sure. They are. They are kind of spruced up tellings of origins, but they are definitely meant to be considered canon. Yes. Finally, from Ref Gamlin, what makes a comic store or LCS a Marvel partner seen in the digital app Shop Finder? Can you tell us more? Uh, I believe that there's it's something that has to do with Diamond and digital comics, and there's there's a couple things. I, I to be honest, we don't have much insight into that. Um, I. You know, I know some stores have digital storefronts as well that they sell digital comics through. Um, 
believe it's that. You know, a great person to tweet about that might be at Jim Nasidas, J-I-M-N-A-U-S-E-D-A-S, or at Jim Viscardi, J-I-M-V-I-S-C-A-R-D-I. Uh, they may be able to help you with that if it's something that you really want to dig into. At Wolf Knight 26 tweets, I cannot help but laugh when Blake Garris called me a jerk in episode 72. Hashtag Blake's emotions. I love that Blake's emotions gets a hashtag and he's not even in not the bad. room. He's never in the room. Yes. Even when he's here, he's not really in the room. I know. Another one from Ryan. He says to Ben, I agree with you about the new WWE Championship belt. It needs that eagle you guys were talking about. I like the eagle, but not even just the eagle. It's just something other than a letter. It just yeah. needs some sort of unifying element, a globe, anything. The, nice, fine work. I don't need no. diamonds. I want I want some cool exactly. gold etching. Yep. Uh Another one from Ryan, he says, I would have to agree with you guys just calling it the Marvel Universe instead of the 616. To me, marking the different Marvel Universes by numbers is just confusing. It should just be called the Marvel Universe. You know, I appreciate him agreeing with us, but now I'm almost getting as sick of hearing about people agreeing with us as I am about people disagreeing. What will make you happy, Benjamin? I just don't want to hear about 616 at all anymore. Yeah, we'll Period. probably start uh, not doing those ever soon. Ed Simon says, on average, how long does a pitch meeting for a comic take? Uh, there's not, I mean, there's not a traditional pitch meeting. There's not, like, a specific format. Uh, pitches can go a lot of different ways. Yeah. I mean, the pitches could just be a conversation between yeah, a writer. It could even just be an email someone sends. Yeah, a writer like, hey, and editor. Idea. There, I've seen pitch documents, and yeah. I've seen writers pitch things. And, you know, it's it. There is there, there is really no average to this. There's no single way that's it <clears throat> yay another Wolverine comic on top of the 50 ongoing solo books he already has Marvel will give someone else a chance right because we don't publish any other mm-hmm. yeah characters. we don't publish a Hawkeye book a yeah. Captain Marvel book uh, what, what do we have in this stack that is unusual we have an Age of Apocalypse book yeah oh look Cable oh, but and I guess X-Force. Wolverine's an Age of Apocalypse so that doesn't count great good job yeah uh, Nova the point is, yeah, we're, I'm assuming this is referring to the Infinite comic. Look, we are a business. Wolverine is a popular character. This is a new endeavor for us on a new platform. So we're going with a uh, character who has an established fan base who a lot of people know. But, by the way, we're also doing a Guardians of the Galaxy Infinite comic. Yeah. So, you know, we're not just doing Wolverine. And at the end of the day, a good story is a good story. Yeah. It's not it's, really, it's not really about that. So yeah. Simon Sebs, I I trusted you. We appreciate your snark, but I don't. good day, sir. We, we appreciate it, but we don't. Thank you for not saying anything about 616. <laughs> at Asbiv, Stephen tweets, Really enjoying Marvel Unlimited. I've read Shadowland, Secret Invasion, Fear Itself, and Children's Crusade. Very hard to avoid spoilers for things I'm not reading now, like Age of Ultron, which sounds awesome. Any suggestions on story arcs I should read on Marvel Unlimited? Is Executioner Song on there? What did Executioner Song just get added to? Was that the app? That was the app, but I think... Hold on. No, didn't you look it up on Unlimited? It wasn't there yet. Really? Yeah, well, it, yeah, you got upset the first day that we had on the. It wasn't added it since. It wasn't a, an event within the app, but that doesn't mean the issues are aren't in there because right. those are two separate processes. Right, look up, look up X Force. That's the easiest, the easiest way, the easiest path. I will. All right. Well, he does that. We'll move on to the next question. Uh, still from Asbiv. Listen to latest this week in Marvel podcast. Should I be proud that I own that I got the only Twim Demeric Blake Garris is allowed to give? No. Why? What? Blake dissed you. That's terrible. Excited to read Uncanny X-Men Avenging Spider-Man this weekend. All right, that's that's better. 
It's true. I don't it's see. I don't see our X. Uh, I don't see X Force issues from I don't the think crossover. It's so it's not. But we will yet. not give up until Executioner's Song is on every platform available. Yeah, but now I'm going through X Force, and I got to reread Milligan and Alred's oh, X Force yeah. and Ecstatics on Unlimited. Stuff. Oh man, so good. All right, winding down here at the G Dalla. Never was a fan of the six one six code, but it did spawn my favorite nerdcore song, so it's not all bad. And then there's a YouTube link. I love Adam Warrock. He does great music. Yeah. Very, very nerdy hip hop. It's yeah. great. And finally, at Marvel Star Twelve, Zach Trujillo. I reread Nightcrawler's Death and Funeral. It was so depressing. I want hope to die. Wow. Hashtag excellent. So hashtag you want memories? You want a teenage? You want a teenage girl to die and Nightcrawler's sacrifice to be in vain? That's what I was gonna say. If, if Hope dies, Nightcrawler died for nothing. Great. Real Very nice. Very short-sighted. For a split second, when I first read that question, I thought they just meant hope in general. Hope in general. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's not the point. I was like, I that's a little die. extreme. Yeah. Which is inter- but he, we capitalized Hope after not capitalizing Nightcrawler. So he mm. really wanted you to know it was yeah. the character. Yeah. What a twist. Yeah. And finally, just wondering when Beast went back in time for the original X-Men, can he go back for Nightcrawler and Banshee? Um, every t- if you've been reading all new X-Men, you know the fact that he went back for the original X-Men, like, no one's really happy about it. It does damage to the time stream. He knew it. He thought this was an extreme situation. The Cyclops stuff, the him dying stuff. So it was something even he, I think, to this day kind of regrets a little bit. If you start going back and plucking everyone out of the time stream from when they died, there will be consequences. So Hank Pym's a smart guy. He knows that. Yeah. What Ben said. There you go. All right. That wraps up this episode. But which Banshee do you mean? Because there's a whole wealth of them. There are are whole Irish character bases. Yeah, there are all two of them. You couldn't name one more Irish character? There's one really obvious one. Yeah. Wait, hold on. No, we're not yeah, holding on. The pod- no, no, we, we we've got to go. This, this episode is over. This episode is over, so thank you to the interns. Thank you to Kerry, Blake, Ben, Mark. Most importantly, thank you to everyone for listening. The answer was Shamrock. There's literally a character oh. called Shamrock. Seriously. So I forgot easy. about Shamrock. Com- you yeah, don't know obviously. who Shamrock is. She's great. No, right. she became a hairdresser, didn't she? Oh, that's true. You read. Good job. See, Good I job. do know something. Whatever, you didn't know it. I know. All right. And this. This is Marvel. Your universe. <laughs>